back to the Commercial Property Investors Podcast, where we aim to give you the knowledge and confidence to move from residential investment into commercial property investment. And I'm your host, Jerry Alexander. This week, I'm going to be talking about when and where I think opportunities in the commercial market are going to be coming through. Tis, of course, my own personal opinion, but it's constructed around what I believe the opportunities will be for private investors like you and me. For us to move into commercial markets, perhaps for the first time, or for those who have some more experience and realise this is just a great space to be in and you just want more of it. This is not for institutional investors or for multi-million pound commercial gods who love nothing better than to buy 50 million pound office buildings or invest in 10 and 20 acre industrial estates. It's based on what I have experienced during previous times of big change and about how those things will maybe affect us mere mortals who like to invest in commercial property and residential property for our futures and for our family's well-being. And I'll explain areas where I think things are going to be different this time round. I'm going to try and break it down into five different phases I think that are going to be coming through and I'll give a, a picture of the overriding market and why I think it's going to be that way. And of course, as with everyone, this is my viewpoint and at this stage, It's pretty firm, but it may change over time. We'll have to try and work something out, don't we? And work at what's going to be happening in the future. Looking back can often give us some guidance, but each time the prevailing winds are going to be different and we need to learn how to navigate our way through at each and every time an opportunity like this comes up. These phases I'm going to go through, they're they're not necessarily going to follow on from one another. They're not sequential. Some will run concurrently, but there's definitely a beginning phase and definitely a finishing phase. And I'll go, you'll understand what I mean as I go through it. So let's set the scene for the moment. The waters are going to be clouded, of course, by liquidity right now. Government grants, incredibly low interest rates... And the government's strong-arm tactics with banks and landlords, so they're not seen to be punishing tenants who miss rental payments, is going to potentially slow things up. And I have spotted a few property experts say how 2020 is going to be the year for opportunities in commercial. It's going to be the year that's going to make the huge difference between the last 10 years and the next 10 years. But in my humble opinion, and looking at how long it took for deals to work their way through last time, when the credit stopped overnight versus the large amount of credit and support on offer just now, I think this period will be longer than you expect. More on that at the end of the podcast. But for now, let's dive into the various factors that are going to give up opportunity. So the first thing, I think, the first phase is where it's going to be based on immediate pain. It's going to be based on immediate pain felt by commercial property owners who were over-leveraged as we went into lockdown. They were possibly working on a flip, or they had a tenant lined up who is no longer around. They possibly have high leverage from a non-high street lender, and more importantly, they now have no income. They may have been through a phase of redevelopment for a particular client they had lined up who'd signed to do it, but now that client has either disappeared or completely cut back. And that is going to be a problem for people that over-leveraged. Government and banking support will help them in this state of inertia right now, but at some point that will stop. And they'll likely want to, or are forced to exit fast. These distress sales are likely to be off-market, or at least under the market. What I mean by under the market is the agents will know about them, 
the agents will send the particulars around the old boys network and maybe if you're involved or, or should I say in touch with a good agent you have a good relationship there they will let you know about these deals but they're not widely publicized they're kind of under the market so think about properties that you bid for before this all happened and maybe you missed out due to someone else's higher offer it might be time for those buildings those properties to come back to you because those deals start to fall through in fact one has already come back to us so reach out to the agents you were dealing with before this and ask the question of course as i said before if you don't ask you don't get the second phase is for landlords who have lost customers particularly long-standing customers and whilst the current challenges are going on unfortunately certain occupiers are just going to cease trading they're not going to make it and they're just not going to open up again some landlords may struggle to find a new client for the property if they offer it in the same format so for instance if there's been somebody in there for a long time the property was suited and fitted and squeezed around their business model it might now need a lot of changes and if that customer went bust and there's no dilapidations to put the building back into the condition it was in it might not be suitable for the market as it is now it might have suited somebody who was in the same line of business but they might not be around and on a different note but on a similar result is a situation where the landlord has had the same tenant for a long time but the landlord's life has now changed they've moved on and because this crystallization has happened where somebody's moved out or gone bust they now decide they want out and quite often they want out quickly but either way change has forced the owner the landlord into making a decision these buildings may take a while for the owner to recognize the change in prices in the marketplace however as they want out they may not have spent much time thinking creatively about how to reimagine the space this is now going to be your job can you lift the value from their position by satisfying a new client need and that's where you're going to have to try and work out where the opportunity is on that one the third thing is those that have quit or been forced to close their business so these are owner occupiers these are not tenants the business has been closed too long they've decided that the business is not worth saving or re uh, sorry resurrecting the forced lockdown in each country or around where they're based has been long enough for them to realize that they don't have to stay in that business forever and there is a life beyond it i'm sure you've got examples in your own life of people that maybe were in hospitality or other types of businesses where it was kind of a lifestyle business but actually they could never get away from it this is maybe giving them an opportunity to just let it go they've had time to think about it an example of this type of owner occupier of course could be in the hospitality sector the for sale sign will go up and if there are enough of them around in your area then oversupply will lower prices pubs restaurants i'm sorry to say B&Bs, certain retail, there'll be other sectors too, perhaps printing, various other sectors where the for sale sign will go up because the business owners just decided, actually, I've had enough. So these are other opportunities to look for. They're not going to be straight away. Like I say, this is maybe going to be in the third phase. The fourth phase is when perhaps the gloves start to come off a little bit. 
And this happens each time. This is when the loan-to-value covenants start to fall. The banks lend with a few key criteria, which I've gone through before. But one of those is loan-to-value. And at the start, when the economy is running well and the numbers make sense, the bank lends and it's fine. But when there's a market correction, the bank can instruct a revaluation. And often in commercial property, if the market drops in certain areas, it generally bleeds over to others and surveyors and valuers start looking at pricing and saying, well, I'm not sure if that valuation is correct now. I'll maybe lower it a little bit. And often that's based around yields. But in the loan agreement, there is usually a clause that stipulates that the bank can actually ask you as the borrower to pay for a new valuation. And the problem is, the surveyor comes back with a different value, lower than when you set the loan up, then it could break the loan-to-value covenant. And the bank will either ask for more money from the borrower to bring the loan-to-value back down to an acceptable level, or they may ask people to sell. And this is what happened last time. People were forced to sell. And if they couldn't sell, they couldn't raise the money, then the bank actually took the property. In fact, some banks, I'm sure a lot of you know stories of this, of course, some banks were pretty aggressive last time. But the circumstances are different this time. Last time it was the liquidity problem. This time it will be incoming cash flow. Plus, remember, governments are doing everything they can to make banks show more tolerance of defaults. In fact, they're actively encouraging banks to have payment holidays. So the process will be more protracted. And I can't see these four sales coming through quickly. That's why I think they're going to be a little bit later down the line. The fifth phase is more about the long game. As I touched on at the start, the challenge here is that it could be, um, for some, that it's going to be a slow, painful acceptance that things have changed. And certain businesses, and that is the actual occupiers, just can no longer survive. The environment that the government is trying to create will keep several zombie businesses limping along. We've heard that phrase before, haven't we, last time around, zombie businesses. And this could lead to the final phase, which is when those businesses the government have given loans to, try to support, banks have tried to support, just can no longer pay back. And they have been irreparably damaged. These will take the longest to come through because eventually they'll have to fail, but it will take quite a long time. So don't forget, properties come onto the market from three places. Either A, a landlord who's still in control of the asset, but is trying to sell it. They've lost a tenant, they've lost income, the loan to value's dropped, or perhaps a different business they're in needs some liquidity and they're actually just trying to sell this asset to sort and help a more important aspect of their life. But either way, the landlord's still in control of that asset. So that's one place that you can find deals. The second one is liquidators, who are acting on the behalf of creditors. And sometimes that can be banks. Sometimes, of course, that is companies that were suppliers. And then the third one is specifically the bank, where they have had clear um, overriding security on the property and they are able to take it back. So 
those three areas are the places that these deals will start to come through. And it's quite difficult to know with the banks who to speak to in there. Liquidators are a little bit more wider. They will never tell you who they're working for, of course, but you can talk to them about what you're looking for. And landlords who are still in control of their assets, of course, are going to try and go through agents, people they know. Some of them may have their head in the, in the sand, of course, and you've got to try and extract it and find out what price these guys are willing to sell for. But let me just explain, just take a moment to explain a wee quirk of the commercial property market that you may have noticed. In the UK, business rates are the biggest problem when you have no tenant. And in other countries like the US, it could be local government taxes. But basically, when there's no tenant, there's no income, of course. And that's not great. But with a vacant property, the business rates can actually be a big expense. In the UK, it can be up to 90% of the rateable value that you're actually having to pay when there's nobody in it, you as the landlord. So the asset's gone from being an income-producing asset to an actual liability because it's costing a lot to sit empty. Now, there are some ways to legally mitigate these costs. But the point I'm trying to make here is that for an owner, this is very painful. But for a property that's in liquidation, the liquidator can apply for 100% relief on those rates, which is granted on an annual basis. And it can be renewed on an annual basis. This is why some properties seem to get stuck on the market for ages. The liquidator has little outgoing costs, so is less motivated than a landlord would with big rates or local government property tax. So if you think about it, that's often why you see these buildings sitting there and nobody's buying them. Because you think about it, a potential buyer would have to take the hit from the business rate straight away, whereas when the building's sitting in liquidator, they're not having to pay these rates. Nobody is. So this creates a black hole where a lot of our older office pavilions or industrial stock can sit for long periods of time. You know the type of property that I mean, you probably drive by it on your way to work and people often say, you know, why aren't they doing anything with that property? Or why doesn't somebody do anything with that eyesore? It's because they're stuck in a trap. Our job as investors is to try and work out how to spring that trap without being caught with the rates liability yourself. These properties can be picked up for very good prices because of that challenge. But there's no point if you don't have a concrete plan to sort out the liability. But it is possible. So just to summarise, I think the first phase is going to be, and, and I'm already starting to see this, is from where people were over-leveraged at the start of this. And of course, at the time, they may not have felt they were over-leveraged because they had an exit. But now they don't have an exit, so everything's over-leveraged. So go back and ask about deals that you missed because they might be returning. You might not have had a call yet, you might not have had an email, but these deals may be coming back onto the market. The second phase is from where landlords have lost customers and they're starting to feel the strain. Perhaps they want to get off the merry-go-round this time. Perhaps they had that customer for years and years. In fact, they became a friend and they've been demoralised by the fact that this friend's business is now closed or maybe even actually gone bust. And given the suppliers and other supporters of that business a loss, and that's where people may sell single-let buildings 
at a better price than perhaps they would have when it was tenanted or indeed when they were feeling much more at the beginning of that journey. So the third one is owner-occupiers who've been forced to close and they just can't face starting again. They've maybe done the numbers, they've maybe did the numbers years ago and just thought, you know what, I can't, I can't get out, I can't leave this, I can't fail, um, there's too much liability and they've just carried on. They didn't really think there was a way out, but now they've had long enough to think about it. Actually, maybe they're just going to remain shut and eventually the for sale sign's going to go up because they've realised life isn't all about that particular business. There are other things they'd like to do. And this period of lockdown has given them the chance to think about that. So those signs will start going up. Um, and you have to think about what types of businesses around you that that's maybe the case. The fourth thing, which is more of a, a market condition that is going to be forced, not straight away, is when loan covenants, loan-to-value covenants start to break. And some of those as soon as there's a revaluation, may be broken already. But that's not going to be forced initially. The banks will eventually have to call them in, though. Or they will start breaking their own obligations with central banks, as they'll be forced to write down the values on their books. So think about it. If, um, if somebody bought a building for half a million quid, and now the valuer goes back out, and the building may even still have the same tenants paying the same money in it, but the valuer says, oh, well, the actual yield rates have changed. So even though that building is still producing £50,000 worth of income, it's no longer at a 10% ROI. We think people who are buying this type of building are now looking for 15%. So it devalues the property, even though nothing physically has changed. And sometimes that will affect the loan to value. So the banks will be forced to call those in. I don't know when. I don't think it's going to be any time soon. And that's why I say 2020 is not necessarily going to be the best year. It's going to be phased over 2021 into 22 when these opportunities come through. And then the last one I spoke about was the much longer game, which is these larger zombie businesses. And they may not actually produce opportunities that you or I might necessarily dive into because they tend to be more multiples, larger businesses. But they're being supported by so many different grants, subsidies, tax cutting or at least prolonging, putting VAT back for a period of time, perhaps giving people a payment plan on other things, landlords being forced to reduce rents for a period of time. All these things help these zombie businesses carry on and carry on, but continue building up the debt and they're not actually sustainable. So eventually, those businesses will go too. Maybe you'll be ready for those bigger ones when they do, because they do tend to occupy larger spaces. So that's how I think it's going to go. There may be other stuff, of course, and I've not talked about intricacies of industrial space or people that have 25-year leases and large, strong covenants and people that have five-year leases or even one-year leases, these are all going to have different effects, of course. But if you're looking at maybe single-occupant buildings and stuff that's around where you are in your local area, 
I think these things are all going to influence you. I think people will be over leveraged. There will be a phase when landlords just have lost customers and they're feeling the strain and just want to let go. There'll be owner occupiers who are forced to sell, forced to close. They just want to let go. Loan to values are definitely going to change and banks are going to want people to put in more money or get out. And then the longer game is those zombie businesses. So you can't tell me this is going to be all over by Christmas. This story will take time to work through. And there's a good chance it will take longer than the last time. Which, if you remember my previous podcast, I remember buying a building in 2013 that was directly influenced by the crash back in 2008-2009. It took four or five years to work its way through from people going bust, liquidators and various people before eventually we managed to pick up the deal which was directly influenced by the previous recession. So, of course, this is just my opinion and you are entitled to your own. So my recommendation would be reach out to people you might know in these different sectors, people that maybe have banking experience or owner-occupier experience or surveyors that perhaps have witnessed the revaluation before and see if this story holds water. Because at the end of the day, You can always find a critic of how you think, or a yes man. Your job is to educate yourself enough to make your own decisions. If this podcast has served to make you think more about your future opportunities, then my job is done. So just moving on to the last final couple of things, I was really thrilled to learn a podcast has been popping up in some of the podcast charts recently, and that's entirely down to you. So thanks for the listens, the reviews and the subscriptions. Everything helps. If you haven't filled out a review yet, please take a moment to do so. Every bit will help us reach more listeners and influencers, which in time is going to help enrich the learning for all of us. Part of my goal for doing this podcast was a bit selfish. I want to learn lots more too. And I'm going to be bringing on more guests soon. And those interviews will be places where not only will you learn, but I'm hoping to learn a lot myself. So until next time we speak together, Get out and do something to further your commercial property investment career. 